Church, you can be seated now. I would like to invite our founding pastor, Pastor Peter, to come up, who's bringing God's Word to us today. Our church, if you didn't know, has been around for 30 years, planted for 30 years in this community. And Pastor Peter was our founding pastor. He's been here with us for 30 years. I have to tell you, I've heard a lot of Pastor Peter's sermons over my time, and they've been good. Every single one of them is brilliant. I... Actually, we have been so blessed as a church by this man's heart and the word that he's faithfully brought to us, his heart for prayer, the culture of love that is in this place. And we thank you, Pete, and look forward to your word today. Do you want me to pray or do you wanna pray? I'll pray. I'll pray. He's a good prayer, but I'll pray. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you just for being your people gathered under your word today. You wanna speak to us this morning, God. And so open our hearts now. Lord, I think of those words. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Ready our hearts to receive you this morning by your Holy Spirit. Open our ears, open our eyes to see you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Jody, so much. Lovely to be here today. Onliners, welcome. I've actually got the right camera to look into now after about three years. I've finally worked it out. So that's a real blessing for me. Good, thank you. Thank you, Glenn, down the back there. And thanks, Jody, for that introduction. It's a joy to have Jody in this church. When I was the senior pastor back then, I was working hard to get Jody to come and join the staff here, praying and asking God to convict her heart and uh, the calling on her life. And I remember the day that she walked in after finally arriving there. And uh, I just happened to say, Jody, you're not pregnant, are you? And she said, yes, I am. How's that for the first day at work? <laughs> what an encouragement that was. But she hung in there, two boys later, good husband, uh, doing the journey with her. And it's been a real joy to share life with you here and your family, Jody. Yeah. Well, I wanted to just start with a little check this morning on how you went following last Sunday's sermon from Pastor Nathan about not grumbling but giving thanks. No grumbling this week, church, I hope. Lots of thanksgiving. Actually, as I looked over the last three November sermons, I was sort of looking for a thread for what I should say today because the boss gave me a, an, open, an open slather on what I could share today. So um, I was looking for the theme and the theme was um, the grumbling. That was the theme that I noticed. That's what it was. Sermon by Brother Preacher on Zacchaeus right at the beginning of the month. Um, there were those who didn't like Jesus going home to the home of a traitorous tax collector and there was a lot of muttering going on. That was sermon one. Nathan, in his sermon on Joseph, well, there was a lot of muttering about Joseph, as you know, from the brothers. They weren't real happy with baby brother and how good he had it. And then last week, Nathan shared this warning from 1 Corinthians 10.10 concerning the complaining Israelites who didn't like God's wilderness cuisine. He, they didn't like it. And there was a lot of mumbling going on, grumbling and mumbling. Now, if you have stayed clear of the grumbling nets so far, none of those have been of concern to you in any way whatsoever. Well, I've got another one for you today. Maybe you'll fit into this little grumbling part. One that came from Martha when Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Are you ready for it? Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 
This is the grumbling that goes on for those who are often engaged in the thick of Christian ministry. Did you know that? There's a grumbling that can go there. And that's a lot of us here this morning. I've already seen how many were doing things at the hamper. Amazing. There's a lot of service goes on in this church. We've got the seniors IT coming up this week. We've got the Christmas lights coming as well. There's a lot of activity, a lot of ministry going on. So that means there's lots of opportunities to grumble at the moment. Did you know that? A lot. When something doesn't go smoothly, what are you going to do? Oh, thank you, Jesus. What is it going to be? What happens when a complaint comes in and you're doing your very best and someone whinges about what you're doing? Or what about when someone leaves you doing more than you signed up to do at the Christmas lights, for instance? What will be your attitude there? Now, I know one solution could be suggested that will help remove grumbling from us, the grumbling temptation, and that is to stop and do nothing. That's one way to solve it, isn't it? Just do nothing. Unclutter the schedule. Less complaints and... More time for Jesus, um, that's one solution. But the problem is that as I look at Jesus' life, you can't help but notice that he had a pretty full schedule. Have you ever noticed that when you re read the Gospels? I listen to them all night long. When I can't sleep, I listen to the Gospels. He welcomed the crowds. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He healed those who needed healing. What else did he do? He fed the hungry. He taught his disciples. He organised huge evangelistic campaigns. He engaged in pastoral care for adulterers, prostitutes, tax collectors, and a whole lot more. Wow. Big schedule for Jesus. And he did all this in a very broken, damaged world, which took a huge toll on him as a human being. He was subject to satanic attacks. Some we know required angels to actually come and minister to Jesus, the Son of God, in his human state, as a human man. There were constant challenges to his authority by the religious leaders, the teachers, the priests. They were out to get him. The whole of Jesus' three years, people were trying to kill him. That's, that's how tough it was for him. He gave sacrificially of his life to others, sometimes going without food so that he could minister to the crowds. He grew physically weary, so weary that he's uh, put his head down at the back of a boat in the middle of a storm, doesn't even wake up. He was frustrated. Yes, Jesus, frustrated. Yes, he was with a lack of faith in his disciples. How did Jesus keep pressing on? Keep overcoming Satan. Keep giving of himself so generously to the needy ones to the selfish ones and remained so resolute in the face of the murderous intent that was around him all the time? What, what kept him thankful? What kept him joy-filled in those three years of such intense ministry demands? What, what stopped him from going into hiding and then just turning up when it was time to do the cross? Mm. Well, there are many things, of course, that kept Jesus on track. His sense of divine mission, his burden for lost people, his willingness to always obey his Father, the fact that he was God in human flesh. What, what else, I suppose? I don't know if you ever think like this. What else could we expect from sinless, perfect Jesus than sustained and wonderfully effective ministry? He's God in human flesh, of course. But what makes something that Jesus did in the midst of all the all of his ministry, the more crucial for us, let me get hold of this, we who are sin prone, 
susceptible to limiting or protecting ourselves and can so easily grumble about our lot as Mary did. There's something that Jesus did, um, a practice that he had that was crucial for him in his ministries and all the more important for us if we are to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So you ready for this this morning? Okay. I'm going to read one verse to kick us off. Mark 1.36. This is it. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It is a pattern that you will see as you listen to the Gospels. You'll see it again and again. Jesus would often slip away, often, often it says, Slip away to solitary places. There's a link, you see, between Jesus' public ministry, the ministry that he does, the work that he does, and what happens in the hidden place, the place of prayer. And what is it? What, what is that link? How does this practice nurture and sustain and drive ministry? Now, the gospel accounts, that's what we're looking at this morning. Now, the gospel accounts, they don't tell us what happened during the majority of these times of prayer. It'd be a bigger Bible, I suppose, if they'd record all of those. But in the few where there is a fuller account or in the circumstances which follow gives us a sort of an idea of what was happening when Jesus was praying, we, we get this glimpse of why it is so significant. So I want to reflect on three of those this morning as we, as we think about this link this morning between prayer and ministry. So let me read from Luke 9, verse 29. It'll come up on the screen. It says this. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter and John and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. There it is. He's off to the hidden place. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendour, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfilment at Jerusalem. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Jesus goes up to the hidden place, the mountain. And on this occasion, as he's praying, something pretty spectacular takes place. There's the transfiguration occurs. The glory of Jesus as God's son, the full glory of Jesus' son was revealed to his disciples. But think about Jesus himself for a moment in this situation rather than the witness it was to those that were on the mountain with him. In the place of prayer, you see, the disguised glory of his personhood just, it just burst out. It, it can't be contained as his Face begins to shine with the light that will fill all of heaven. No sun there, folks. It's just the brilliance of Jesus. Here in this place of hidden fellowship with the Father, we hear the Father speaking in loving terms about his Son. And Jesus is chatting with two saints from the Old Testament about his divine mission. Incredible set of things are happening in this place of prayer. It's in the hidden place. It's in the place of prayer that Jesus was being nourished, you see, by the love of his heavenly Father. It's where, it's where the cosmic purposes, these long-term, before the foundation of the world, those purposes um, um, are being spoken about, reflected upon. 
Jesus, of course, he never failed to trust God the Father. He always knew how loved he was by the Father. Jesus never doubted that God was there or that his prayers wouldn't be heard. He stayed in this sense, this place of constant trust in everything he faced. But he also remained in the place of constant prayer. That's Jesus, folks. Now, what about for we who are sinners, who are so prone to look at things from earthly perspectives, our problems, our inadequacies, our, our reputations, how important, how necessary that we find the mountains, the sacred places, the hidden places to go and pray in the midst of all the activity of our life, including the activity that we do specifically for Jesus. Prayer takes us, you see, to the place of communion with our God, a heavenly Father who loves us, loves us deeply, who is mighty, mighty, able to heal, able to renew, able to give strength and faith and hope in the face of whatever we are called to endure. It's through prayer in secret places that we are renewed, you see, again and again in the holy callings to love and serve God. There were many moving stories in this year's Thanksgiving book, but I I wanted to share one that captures the wonder of our relationship with our loving Father and how blessed we are to be able to walk with Him. Are you ready? This is just one. Michelle wrote this. I want to thank God for choosing me to be his child and helping me to believe in him and follow him with everything I do. What a privilege. I'm one of the luckiest women in the world. What do you think of that? Is that how you feel this morning as you're here? Do you, do you feel it? If you're not going to use the word lucky yet, maybe the word blessed. Are you, do you realise, is that how you feel? You're the most blessed person in the world to be here this morning, to know Jesus. Do you, do you think like that? It's so wonderful. She went on. 2022 was a year of tremendous positive growth for my family and myself. I thank God for anger in my heart that has dissipated, vanished into thin air after lots of confused, tearful, what? Prayers, you see. Prayers. Prayers. My house is now one of love and peace. How amazing. I... I did not know any, any other way. God used my beautiful husband to show me what's possible. Thank you, God, for giving me a husband with a soft heart and a soft personality. Because of what's happened, my kids have flourished this year. The soil was good. Speak to their hearts as well, I pray so that they can know the joy and the confidence that I have in you. What do you think about that? Wow. Wow. Here's a person you see who knows how deeply she is loved, how blessed she is to be in Jesus, who through prayer in hidden places has entered a a, a greater joy, a greater confidence and and found a new calling. The rest of the little Thanksgiving note goes on to speak about a calling in Jesus. Did you hear all the prayers and did you hear all the thankfulness in that note? Did you hear it? That's how it works, folks. But it's not just the reminders of how loved we are that, 
that occur in the hidden place. You know, what a privilege it is to be in Christ and to serve him. But it's here too that we also find specific instructions that remind us that, that God is directing our lives, truly directing us. Jesus um, lived in total and complete dependence and submission to God the Father. This is what we read, John six twenty eight. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, not my will, but the will of him who sent me. And as you survey the Gospels, you see Jesus discerning God's will as he went to the hidden places to pray. That's what you see. Here's one. You ready? Luke 6. One of those days, Jesus went on out to a mountainside to pray. He loved mountains by the looks of things. Mountains and gardens. They're the two places. Yeah. He went out to, the, out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Jesus was about to make some very, very important decisions about who would be trained as disciples and who would become future apostles. And Jesus, he prays all night long before he makes that decision. It was Jesus who taught in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, that in our praying, if we ask what? It will be given. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door will be open to us. God wants to lead us, folks. He wants to lead us. He wants to lead you. He wants to lead me. And the way that we position ourselves for his leadership in our everyday lives, it's in the place of prayer. We, we inquire of him about all the matters of our lives. Now, the Bible is very, very clear when it comes to inquiring of God that God and God alone as our creator and king is the only one from whom we should seek direction in our lives. Just hear hear this for a moment. It's a little excursus, but I I just want you to listen for a moment. One of the really sobering verses in the Old Testament is found in 1 Chronicles 10, 13. It says this. It's pretty confronting, actually, these verses. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Here's a king who started so well, folks, so well. But as time passed, he grew careless in seeking after God, began doing what he thought was best, chose to ignore God's word. And then when he found himself in a desperate situation where everyone, whoever does life, sooner or later you find yourself in that particular place, he ends up asking a medium to consult the dead for him so he can get a steer on what he should be doing. Now I want to make something really clear this morning. Because our world is now flooded with mediums and clairvoyants and spiritualists and a whole lot of other people in that particular group. They seek knowledge from those who are dead. That's what they do. Or they seek knowledge from supernatural beings. And if you go there, two things happen. Number one, you'll be deceived for sure. 
It can often, it'll be parts of truth, but that's the nature of lies, isn't it? Mesh the truth in so that you can't tell what's true and what's not. So there'll be measures of truth. But there'll be deception that's there. And then secondly, you will find yourself dealing with forces who are in direct opposition to God. Now God is sovereign over all things. Um, He can use any person, any supernatural being to accomplish his holy purposes. God's over everything. That's true. He uses angels, good angels, deliver messages to people. He actually, if you read the scriptures, is over the demonic as well. They sometimes too are involved in the purposes of God by his direction. But this is the point I want to make. God is the only one to whom anyone should ever inquire. If you get tempted to go down that track, you've lost somebody. Someone's died that you love. Don't go there. Don't go there. Do not consult the dead. We inquire only of God. And how do we make those inquiries? We make them through prayer. Humbly asking him to show us the way, what what he has planned and what he has purposed for us. Now, if you're wondering this morning, will God really answer me? Will he? Is Matthew 7, 7 true? If you ask of him, will he direct and guide you? Well, I want to tell you this morning, on the authority of God's word, the answer is yes, he will. If you come with a humble heart, asking and seeking, not your agenda, not my will, but yours be done, then God will answer. As many, as you, as many of you know here, I've been seeking God about whether I should become an RI teacher. Some of you have been with me on this journey. Some of you are tracking me to make sure whether I'm going to be obedient or not. I know that. So I thought I'd give you a little update just on how my little journey's going, as it just so happens. I've been asking God in my solitary places where, where he wants me to teach, to be a teacher. Now, I had one special request, and that is that it be a nearby school. So it doesn't take me too long to get to the school that I've got to go to. I hope that was okay, but that's the, that's the one thing I said to Jesus. I said, I want somewhere close to Jesus. Um, so I don't have to too far to get away when I'm you know, here working at the church. Now, I know I could just pick any nearby school and I could see if I could join the RI team and I'm sure God would bless that. I'm sure he would. But I've been inquiring of him whether there's any particular school that he wants me to go to. I've been asking him that. I have. I thought about Albany Creek. It's close. Fits that criteria. And Pastor Jody's the coordinator there. That makes me feel comfortable. I'd be, you know, right at home. I'd Jody could give me all the good oil over there and I'd be, I'd be feeling good. But when I was looking for somewhere to observe an RI teacher, because that's where I'm up to in my training, Ian Charlesworth, who looks after the RI in this church, he pointed me to the RI teacher at McDowell State School, who's the coordinator there. So last Thursday week, yes, I ended up at McDowell State School. I'm being obedient, I'm continuing on. Now, unfortunately, there had been some miscommunication about meeting my RI teacher and she was already in the classroom when I arrived at the school. That's not a good start. I just want to let you know that. It was a bad start. And so I head into the office. I've got no idea what to do. Um, I've got no idea where this class is going to be being held because she's already there in the classroom. And who should I run into? But Devani Juvalu, who comes to this church, right there, boom, right before my very eyes, the first person I see as I walk in the office. 
and she gives him this beautiful welcome. She was like an angel. Jesus sends angels. He does it in hospitals sometimes. I've got no idea where I'm going and he just sends somebody to direct me. It's beautiful. Now, Devani is, is a real person. She comes to this church. She's not an angel, but she felt like an angel to me as I arrived, in, I arrived there. And she got me all processed up, did all the right things. She directed everything. And then she took me personally, delivered me right in the classroom where the teacher was in full swing. I walk into the classroom and one of the boys recognises me and gives me this sort of this, you know, hello, um, good to see you sort of stuff. I was shocked that the pastors actually turned up at my school, but it was a good one. It was a nice warm one. And then the next lesson, there's another kid from this church who gives me another warm welcome. And I heard this morning there was another kid there as well that was also there. So these welcomes are coming. And after the second lesson had finished, actually, I should tell you what the topic was. It was about the Lord's Prayer. Do you know what the Lord's Prayer says? May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I was listening to the class lesson as well. You do know that. It wasn't just the kids. May your will be done. May your will be done. That's the heart we want to have. God wants us to have that heart. So after the second lesson concludes, I, I wander out with the RI teacher who was the coordinator of the school and in the middle of the conversation, she tells me that her dad has been teaching at McDowell State School for 25 years, but at 83, he's got to hang up his boots. He's needing to retire. And then she mentions to me that she had told her dad that I was coming to observe her teaching and he said, I am going to pray that he gets a call to come to McDowell as my replacement. Jesus, I hope it's not 25 years that I've got to do at McDowell State School. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Oh, Jesus, 83. Oh, man. I was thinking one year trial and see how we go, Jesus. Actually, that's real. That's true. I was thinking that. Anyway, now I don't know about you when, when you've asked about things and you're trying to sense, you know, how God's leading you. But when I get three special welcomes and, and the prayers of an 83-year-old saint that served God, and also, actually, remember that my kids went to that school and they were there. And my wife actually went there 50 years ago. She's, she was very young at the time, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> it, looks like it's, it looks like it's McDowell 2023 coming up for me. That's what it looks like for me. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I know. Oh, church. Oh, church. Anyway, yeah, we're following Jesus. The point's this far. When you sincerely ask Jesus to guide you, you know, with a humble heart and just, just wanting to be where God wants you to be, he will guide you, folks. He will. He will. He promises to. He's a good father. He's the best father, folks. I've got to tell you that. He is such a good God all the time. He loves us so much and he guides us. And he likes us to know that again and again and again. And to seek him again and again and again. One last example I want to just briefly mention. About the power of the, the hidden place of prayer. In Luke 22, um, 39, we read of Jesus withdrawing to the Garden of Gethsemane as the cross loom. This is one of the most moving parts of the whole of Scripture. That's how I always think about this passage. Well... Let me read it to you. It's even sacred just to read this. Yeah. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. Did you hear that? As usual. 
this is a common place for Jesus to go, his hidden secret place. It's the mountains, it's the gardens where he goes. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. This is what it was taking out of our Saviour at this moment of time. And being in anguish, listen to these sacred words, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. It was in this terrible moment of time that Jesus grappled with the will of his heavenly father and finally resolved to face the suffering of dying for the sins of the world, your sins and mine. This was the final moment where he made that decision. I know he had come to do it, but here as the cross was before him, he resolves again to be obedient to the father. I want you to listen to this quote from Haddon Robinson reflecting on this particular occasion. Listen to this. Had I been there and witnessed the struggle, I would have worried about the future. If he's so broken up when all he's doing is praying, I might have said, what will he do when he faces a real crisis? Why can't he approach this ordeal with the calm confidence of his three sleeping friends? Yet when the test comes, Jesus walked to the cross with courage and his three friends fell apart and fell away. There you are, folks. That says it so well what I'm reflecting on this morning. The hidden places, the times spent with God as we grapple with his will and his ways, they are of enormous significance, folks. They are. These are the places you see where temptations are resisted. That's the place where God affirms his will, where, where he gives strength, he, when he gives courage, where he, he gives comfort to press on in being faithful to all that he wants us to do. Even when we know that the road ahead is going to be one of cost and suffering. Actually, especially when we know that that's going to be the journey for us. To, to travel the Christian life, to engage in ministry in the name of Christ without often being in the place of prayer, then sooner or later you'll find yourself dry, you'll get injured, you'll grumble, you'll complain, you'll be weary, the weariness of emptiness within and you'll be overcome by temptation. That's the reality. It was for the, the sleeping disciples. But as Jesus prayed in the hidden place, there he was given the courage and the strength to face the greatest deal that any person's ever faced in the history of this world when he bore your sins and mine. We all need time, folks, to nurture our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We all need it.
if you do not have a place where you can go to be alone with God, then I, I want to encourage you this morning to find one. The bush track, the mountainsides maybe, the gardens, a chair, a kitchen table, the apron thrown up over your head. I think that's what the Wesley mother used to do, Susanna. <laughs> Get away from the kids. You just got to find somewhere where you know. That this is the place I'm alone with God. I, I know as Jesus, you know, as Jesus lived constantly aware that God was with him. But, and he is with us. And, and we're meant to pray morning and night, you know, all the time. Our lives are meant to be filled with prayer. But there's a special place, folks, we go. There is. Now, whether you think it will make any difference for you or not, or whether you've tried it in the past and wondered what you were doing there, whether you think it's impossible for you to find that sort of time in your busy schedule, whatever could be jumping into your mind at this very moment of time that's saying, this won't work for me, I want you know, answer with this, re this reply. Are you ready? Tell that thought to go jump in the name of Jesus. Do you get that? Tell that thought to go jump. To get out of your mind in the name of Jesus. Because we know where that thought's coming from, you see. There is a crucial, crucial link between effective Grumble-free, sustained, courageous ministry and the, and the times we spend with our Heavenly Father in the unseen, pla unseen places, there's a crucial link between those two, you see. And we must not let anything or anyone prevent us from going there. As that's true individually, it's, it's also true corporately for us. This is one for all of us to hear together this morning. I want to conclude with this. When we as a church do ministry, if we neglect to pray corporately, then sooner or later you are left with just a whole lot of activity. That's what you're left with. We will become, if we, if we do this, we will become like the church in Ephesus in Revelations 2, full of theological orthodoxy, lots of hard work and perseverance. But what was wrong? Their love for Jesus was no longer there. They didn't love him. They just didn't love him anymore. And that grieved, that grieved Jesus. It grieved him. We, we do need, as Jesus model so beautifully for us. We need to pour out our lives in loving service. No doubt about that church. It's an expression of our love of God. But we also need to be in the hidden places where we can tell our loving Father how good and how great He is. We've got to do both of those things. Both of them. Some of you may not realise, but we're in a hidden place this morning. Did you know this is a hidden place here? It's a hidden place. The world has little idea that we're here in the first place, let alone why we would even want to be here. It's hidden here. But when you dwell in a holy place, when you sing songs that cause you to reflect on God's grace and goodness as we've done this morning, when you let your heart well up in praise, when you express praise in your heart in these places, or if they... 
erupt out of your lips because you just can't, you know, keep your mouth shut enough. It's more, you can't just put it in your mind. You've got to let it out a little bit. When you take time to, to listen to his heart as we reflect on his word, as we resolve afresh just to love and to serve him, you know what happens? Your heart gets filled with God's heart. Did you know that? That's what happens in this secret place. We need the hidden places personally and corporately because that's, you see, where our, our love of God gets fanned by the Holy Spirit and Jesus strengthens us for the battle. And, and God knows that our good deeds, the good deeds of our lives are truly for him and not just about us making us feel better. It's truly for him, for his honour, his glory. That's why this service and all the times that we meet in this sort of way, our, our weekly prayer meetings, you know, our daily ones, our, our special times of prayer, they are, they are so important, folks. They, they're so important that we do this corporately. We're serving God, we're doing our hampers and we're doing our senior society, but we're praying, being with God, loving and worshipping him in moments, in situations just like this. Pastor Nathan shared last Sunday night what happened to him when he was praying at our last outpouring night. Two hours we just been here worshipping God, reflecting on him, praying for one another. It's just a beautiful night, very powerful worship. Pastor Jono, who's our worship pastor here, he had opened that night, Reflecting on God's word, the passage where Elisha and his servant were surrounded by um, the enemy army and then Elisha prays and asks his servant to have his eyes open so he can see the angelic armies that are all around him. That's how the night started. And throughout the night, people were writing names in, in two books. The two books actually I've got here this morning wrote names of people that they loved and cared about and wanted them over this Christmas season to come to know and love Jesus. That was happening. That's, that was sort of the, the tenor of the night. It was just, just powerful, beautiful time, loving our world, loving God. And this is how Pastor Nathan described what happened to him during that evening. He, he gave me permission to share this this morning. I was bowed down in prayer over on the right-hand side of the auditorium under the big screen. And as I was praying, I could see in my mind angels over us worshipping in bright white light with their wings spread out over us facing towards the stage and then our praise and worship joining in with theirs going up to heaven. My mind went to passages about all the angel armies being with us and also Elisha in the chariots of fire overcoming the enemy. Now here's the point. This is what he says. I took great assurance from this picture to know that we are not on our own. But the battle belongs to God and he's heard our prayers and is with us as his church and is going to move powerfully in this Christmas season. That's what he understood. And this picture that he had in his mind that was so strong. Now, if you're wondering why Pastor Nathan may have had that sort of experience, it's because senior pastors feel the weight of responsibility of shepherding a community. There are burdens that rest on those who lead. And so Jesus obviously wanted to remind Nathan and also us through him how great the heavenly forces are so we would know it as we go into this Christmas. But what was particularly interesting about this corporate night of worship 
And I do emphasise corporate because sometimes when you're seeking the will of God or you, you get pictures, you say, did I get that right? You know, was that just me imagining things? All those sort of things go through your mind. But there's a brilliance about the body. As we work together and love one another and speak into one another's lives. And Nathan received an email from someone who was there that night joining in the worship. Read like this, thank you for an amazing night of prayer and worship. What a blessing it is to have a church body who are so obedient to pray and seek God's will for His glory. I wanted to share with you a vision I had during the worship. As we were praying and worshipping, I saw the prayers of our congregation rising from our upturned palms. Great beams of light going up towards the ceiling of the auditorium. Then these huge white winged creatures began circling above the congregation. An overwhelming sense of peace came upon me and a voice kept saying, listen to this, a voice kept saying, many will come for the Christmas lights, but what they will find is the light of the world. How's that? In Nathan's reply to that note, this is what he said. Last night, I had a very similar vision to you. And this is the key part. If you had not emailed, I might have dismissed this as just my imagination. But I now know this was certainly from God. And your email has affirmed this for me. Don't you love the body? Yeah, you get this unity. You get this oneness, you see, when it's coming from the Holy Spirit, the good things of God. People that come to this Christmas lights, they're going to find the light of the world. Wow. Wow. The Holy Spirit ministers to us when we go to the hidden places personally and he ministers in powerful ways when we join together corporately. We pray and worship and meditate on his word. So church, here it is from Jesus. You be faithful, be encouraged, be strengthened. The Lord is with us. Did you know that? The Lord is, the Lord is with us. He is. I don't say that arrogantly. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that humbly and thankfully. We're not alone. He's with us, for us, before us, around us. He delights in our service. I just want you to know that. He, he's delighting in our service. He wants us to serve others. He delights in that. Thank you for all those who are serving in a million ways. Here in this church, but beyond this church too, I know. And He delights in our worship. He delights in our worship. It's because when those two go together, that's how God wants it to be. Did you see? Yeah. You've got to put them both together. Don't go worshipping Him and don't do anything to love others. That's hypocrisy. He hates that. Don't do a whole lot of service for others and just make it about good deeds and not love God. He wants both. Both, folks. I came across a verse, a verse that just... <laughs> A verse that expresses so succinctly what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to hear this morning. Ready? We'll just finish with this, this verse. And we'll pray. Hebrews 3, 15, 16. Through Jesus, therefore, it's through Him and all He's done for us, our beautiful, wonderful Saviour. Let us continually, did you hear that? Often, regularly, ongoing, offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips, that openly profess his name. 
So let's keep singing. Let's keep speaking of how wonderful he is. And then 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. You get it? It's both, folks. It's both. And that's what God delights in. So you're ready for this Christmas? I pray you are. We're already into it, but there's more to come. We'll do both of these. Both of these, come. Let's pray. Lord, thanks. Holy Spirit, just for encouraging. You're really encouraging us this morning, Lord. That's why I sense. You, you see the hard work that's being done. I, I just pray for all those who bear responsibilities, Lord, that, that, that I just feel lifted up this morning, Lord, I would pray. Getting 30 tonnes of food together, Lord. Somebody bore a lot of responsibility there, Pastor Jody and others, I know. Oh, Lord, you delight in the service. All those ones, Lord, running around, putting stuff in bags. For the glory of God, we pray. And for those, Lord, that don't yet know you, that are with us, may they enter into the fullness of not just doing good deeds, Lord, but the wonder of of relationship with you, our precious Saviour. We long for that. So help us, Lord, as we continue to serve you. Help us, Lord, as we worship you. Thanks for the prayer meetings that we've already held, Lord, as we continue to pray. All those weekly, daily prayer meetings that occur, Lord. May may they just be filled with your presence, Lord. We would pray beautiful, beautiful things you'll say and do. Flood us, Holy Spirit, with the living water of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And services, Lord here in Christmas time, just so full of your holy presence, divine one, and we pray. People weeping, just people weeping because they're in the presence of the living God as they come to this hidden place. That's what we pray, Lord. May we bring delight to your heart. May you find in us a people who inquire of you, trust in you, and obey your word, we ask in Jesus' name. For those, Lord, enduring suffering in particular ways, the burdens are great. Lift them up, Lord, I would pray. I pray for our senior pastor, Lord, that you'll lighten the load, you'll encourage him and strengthen him, I would ask in Jesus' name. May we be a community where it's easy. Where it's easy to lead, I pray. I pray that for every person, has responsibilities in this church because there's people that are praying and there's people alongside. Guard us from grumbling, Lord. Please don't let us be complainers in the midst of our service for you. Guard us, Lord, guard us. Oil us with your grace and your patience and your kindness. And Lord, anoint us in power to proclaim the wonder of the good news that Jesus is indeed the light of the world. He's the light, you're the light. You've lit up our hearts, Lord, and we are so thankful. We're the luckiest people in the world. We're the most blessed people in the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, Lord, we come now to honour you, worship you. Add some more prayers, Lord, to the bowls of heaven. Oh, Lord, Lord God. Help us, Lord. Empower us, lead us as we worship even now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me finish. We're about to worship. Are you ready? We're about to worship. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders 
fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So church this morning, we get a chance to fill up the bowls of heaven some more. Did you know that? Yeah. So as we worship God, I've got the books that we had at that prayer night. You might not have an opportunity to be there, but you want to write some names down for Christmas. You know that there's, you know there's thousands of names in a box that's under this, under this floor right here. You know that. Some of you know about that. And all these walls behind there, there's a, there's a thousand names behind, behind the walls here too. Maybe you haven't had a chance to ever write a name down in this church. If some of you love and you want Jesus to know by faith that you're praying and believing that they'll come to know and love Him. Well, it has a chance to do it. Put it in the books, the Christmas 22 books. By faith, you see. God's got, God's got a plan to bless, and He sure has, folks. I've got to tell you that. He is with us. And He wants the north side of Brisbane to be lit up with the light of Jesus Christ. He sure does. He sure does. He wants Australia to be lit. I love that song we were singing before. I can hardly contain myself, I've got to tell you. The place where we live is Australia. And God's got a plan to bless. So come church, we're gonna worship our God. The angels will be with us too, you know that. Come on, let's stand up. And our worship pastor is gonna lead us in praise of our great God this morning. If you wanna write the names down, you come forward in this song, but let's honour and love him, church, together. Yeah, he's wonderful.
raise your hands as a sign of awe and wonder of our great God, a sign of surrenderance, a sign of saying, God, we want more and more of you. Come on, you sing it out. in this church always to you never for us oh God always for you we pray this in your name of your son the Lord Jesus Christ who reigns as Lord over all things reign in this church Lord Jesus we pray Lord thank you for the names that are being written Lord you see every one of them you know the hearts you know the prayers thank you for the bowls of heaven being filled with the prayers of your people this very morning Come, Lord, light of the world, do your beautiful work over this time that lies before us, we pray. Continue your good work. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the mighty one, the ruler, the one who has all power and authority. We acknowledge you. We hail you, King Jesus, and we lift your name high. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So good to have you with us. If you want to just keep putting names down, just keep coming at the end of the service. If you like something, you have someone to pray for you about a situation, some prayer team will be down the front. Our welcome lounge is down here. Don't forget the RI class. If you're getting a call to RI, be obedient now, won't you? That'd be good. God bless you all. So good to be sharing together. And those on the mezzanine as well. We love you guys. Yeah.